Foster. How's it going? Good, Polly. How are you? Oh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Just uh, sort of doing the transition from uh, NRL fantasy to NFL fantasy. Uh, that's <laughs> right. continuing. Right, right. With, yeah. with no weeks in between, I hope. No, no, no weeks in between. The overlap's pretty good, but uh, it just gives me sort of the month of January usually every year without some kind of fantasy sport. That's when I sort of, you know, go for walks, get some sun. So um, I've got a, like a vague interest in, in the NFL that I've developed over the last few years. Uh-huh. Uh, do, you have a, do you have a team that you support? Uh, no, not really, to be honest. Okay. But through through my Pontus Club, I I got a little bit interested in it. But uh-huh. I've purposely avoided NFL fantasy because I just need like a mental break from from fantasy sports over the off season. Okay. Like I know that if I got into NFL fantasy, I would just get so entrenched into it that you know my brain needs a bit of a break from fantasy. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, I understand that. And it's like just long enough a break that every year I'm kind of chomping at the bit for NRL fantasy to come back. Whereas I feel like if I was playing NFL fantasy, I'd be maybe not, not as excited. Okay. I, f- I find it's good to sort of, uh, you know, if, if your NRL season is not going well, it's, it's a good way to sort of bridge that gap because, because if, if you know by sort of, you know, early or mid August that, that you're not going to make the finals or whatever, then it, it becomes a very long off season. You know, I often have a post-NRL fantasy kind of low. Okay. Like like an actual kind of, like almost like a depression. Like a, yeah, okay, right. Because it's it's it takes up so much, like I, I would take so much time over the weekends watching footy games, for one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But also all the stuff that comes along with fantasy, like with Supercoach, with, you know, analysing players and all the rest of it. Suddenly that's all gone. Yes. yes. And it's like quite a void to fill. And it's okay. like a little, like it takes a bit of an emotional toll. As, as sad as that is, every every year it's like a bit of a transition. Although I, I enjoy right. having more free time in some ways, there's like I've got to fill that that gap. Do you feel that fantasy is stopping you from getting on with the rest of your life? <laughs> well, that's what I do in the off season. I get yeah. on with the rest of my life. Okay, all right. Well, I, I I don't. So I'm just trying to like Peter Pan my way through life at the moment. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think this is going to be our last episode for the year, our, mm-hmm. our inaugural uh, year of podcasting. Uh, yeah. Supercoach podcasting. I think it's gone okay. What do you reckon? Yeah. yeah I, I've been really appreciative of, of everyone who's listened. Uh, and, you know, even if you listened to five minutes and thought that these guys are idiots, well, I guess you're smarter than everybody else who who took many more episodes to realize that same truth. But, um, but yeah, no, nah, I've I've really enjoyed it. Even even if you know just one or two people are listening, or even if nobody's listening, I just enjoy sort of chatting, chatting Supercoach with you uh, week to week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess I guess we'll regroup and have a think about whether or not we want to do it again next year because it does take a bit of time out of our weeks and like. You know, we'll have to. I guess we'll have to have a think about it, but yeah. let's see how we go. Well, we can just talk about the shitty confectionery that you choose to eat every week. <laughs> we could easily fill up an hour with that. Hey, so uh, there's a few things I want to talk about tonight. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. the first thing is that there's been a range of uh, restings, I guess you'd call it, um, which is creating some supercoach carnage. Um, and a lot of people probably don't have very many or, or if any, trades left. So that's making things a bit difficult. Yeah. Um, there's there's a few other things I want to talk about. I want to talk a little bit about footy in general. So now that fantasy mm-hmm. is kind of winding down, mm-hmm. I'm interested in your thoughts on uh, who you think is going to win the grand final this year and why. And also, like maybe just a little eye to next year in terms of both footy and, and fantasy or, or super coach. Um, you know, has there been any sort of trade movements that have caught your eye um, as we go into thinking about planning for next year? Mm, okay. All right. Okay. So to answer your first question, I think there's only three teams that 
can win it this year. Yeah. Um, and they are unsurprisingly in the top three: Panthers, Storm, and Roosters. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I just feel like the Eels and the Raiders, and maybe the Knights as well, don't have the consistency in their games. I guess the Roosters haven't haven't either, but they seem to always come come good at this at this time of year. So. I'll kind of give them the benefit of the doubt, but those those other three teams, I think, may may struggle navigating the sort of the, the final series. Now, now you said early this year that you thought Canberra had already shot their had taken their shot last year, right? And you were you were expecting maybe a little bit more regression than we actually got, even. Yeah, maybe slightly. I, I, they've sort of done about how I thought they would do, to be honest, okay. more or less. I thought they'd be a top eight team, but not really challenging. Mm-hmm. But but to be honest, they're, they're on a bit, little bit of a form run at the moment, I think. Yep. I think they've actually looked better. We, we discussed this briefly before. I think they've actually looked better without Hodgson in the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. And because I just think it, he sort of was overplaying his hand and they're giving they get more quality ball to their backs when he's not around. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about the Raiders is if, if anyone outside the top four has a chance, it is the Raiders. And that's because they do play hard and tough and they can actually, I do think they've maybe got a chance of beating some of the good teams. Yep. Um, so, I, you know, I don't think they're going to win it, but if anyone outside the top four has a chance, it probably is the Raiders. But the, the thing about, so you, you mentioned the top three. Um, yes. You didn't you didn't really pick one, did you? Uh, if you had to pick one right now, who would you pick? If I had to pick one, I would pick the Panthers, just because I feel like they've got that. Uh, they've just got that aura that that like a winning team has, or seems to have every year. Um, so I want to talk about the Panthers for a second. While you yeah, them. okay. All right. So okay. we'll go back to what you are going to say about the other teams. Um, yeah. So the Panthers have only played one top eight team since round 13. Okay. And that was a very poor Parramatta. Mm-hmm. So of all the top teams, um, the one team who hasn't rested any players is Ivan Cleary. Yep. So the one coach who hasn't rested any well, players is Ivan Cleary. Oh, he is this week, but yeah. No. Who is he resting? He's resting Kikau. He's resting um, Dylan Edwards. Uh, I think, and and uh, Stephen Crichton. Fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, make your point. Well, okay. But he's not, he's not resting his best players, though, is he? No, he's not. He's not resting Nathan Cleary like... Those those guys you talked about, particularly Dylan, Dylan Edwards and Kikau, have had niggles, mm-hmm. so that might be more sort of managing injury um, than resting. Oh, look, I guess the, this this team is washed up without Nathan Cleary. Yeah, like guess, everything everything goes through him. So I think what I'm trying to say is that they're well. I, I worry about them. I think they've looked better than they are in some ways because they've had such a soft draw. They mm-hmm. haven't played any good team, so they haven't had that. They haven't been toughened up by playing any good teams, and if they yep. they got they've got Parramatta in the first round, yeah, so they should beat easily. Then they're going to have a week off, so mm-hmm. maybe maybe Clear is thinking that we're going to get a week off anyway. So why rest players now and let's hold on to as much momentum as we've got, right? Um, but I do think he's sort of playing that strategy like let's let's hold on to the momentum and try and ride yeah. it all the way in, rather than some of the other coaches who are playing real. Let's freshen up before the finals type strategy. Yep. Um, but I don't think the Panthers can win it, to be honest. Okay. I th- I think the Roosters and the Storm are the best two teams. Okay. And but yeah, go they're, on. They're, well, okay. So they will likely first of all play each other um, in the first round of the finals, right? If 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 the ladder doesn't change. Yeah, the Roosters will play the Storm in the first round of the finals. That's right. But then what that means is one of those teams will probably play the Panthers in the semi. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess one of those teams has to play the Panthers in the semi anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd be I'd be worried about 
losing that semi-final to either the Roosters or the Storm. But was the Panthers after the week off. Uh, there's no like, there's n- there's no home grounds for the, for the finals, is there? Oh, that's a good question. I haven't actually looked at the draw. No, I haven't looked at the draw. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so just just so just popping back to what, what I was saying. Um, mm. so Panthers, Storm, Roosters, respectively, have scored four hundred ninety five, five hundred twelve, and five hundred forty four points. Mm-hmm. Right. The top three. So four, five, and six. Eels, Raiders, Knights have scored three hundred and sixty-four, four hundred and seven, four hundred and fifteen points. Like the the point scoring potential, uh, and, and really they've con- they've conceded a sort of similar similar amount, except for the Knights who have conceded a lot more. Um, so just uh, so it doesn't seem like the Eels, the Raiders, and the Knights have the try scoring or have have the point scoring potential in them to keep up with those top three teams. Yeah. Uh, now, Panthers' team is very young, very energetic. Um, they might have some close games. They've probably got the best uh, goal kicker of the lot of them, um, which might make a big difference. And, and, he, can, and he can also kick a, kick a good field goal as well. I don't know. I just... I feel like the Storm's right-hand side defense is pretty weak, so that can be targeted. Uh, Roosters, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know where the Roosters are really uh, are really weak. They're, well, they're not weak, but yeah, I, they just the, don't have. I don't the, know. They just the don't have thing, that spark. The only thing I would say them. about the Roosters, I think the Roosters are easily the best team. But the yeah. only thing that I would say about the Roosters is that they've been sort of flat track flat track bullies a bit this year they've mm-hmm. like they've either gotten a roll on and absolutely destroyed teams mm-hmm. just like ripping them right through the middle yeah or or they haven't and they've got frustrated and they've ended up losing a lot of close, like some close games to the good teams yep they haven't really managed like they've actually yeah they've lost a lot of those close games yep so so maybe that might happen um mm-hmm. if they can't if they can't flog someone mm-hmm. um the thing about the Panthers is that I feel like a lot of their wins have basically been on the back of good defense, which is often, which is you know often wins premierships and is obviously very important. But yep. their attack actually, to me, isn't that good. They basically just grind teams down through field position, and they score a lot of tries off Cleary's kicks. That, but that's fine because because even even when he's not kicking uh, for a try. Like his ball placement is fantastic, so the other team's always on the back foot, and there's like there's like ten guys in that team who can bust the line open. Yeah, it's true, but they're not really. Yeah, like totally agree. But um, yeah, they don't they don't sort of have a lot of well, uh, I don't know what the word is like flashy kind of tries. It's almost like a war of attrition with them. They just grind the other team into the dust through like multiple force dropouts, and eventually someone just busts the line and goes over. Isn't that kind of the sign of a good team, though? Well, I just like wonder, that, that, like, that's that's like a Melbourne Storm kind of way to be the team. Yeah, I guess so. I just wonder they've been scoring, they've been they've been doing that against all the bad teams, right? And eventually those bad teams just like crumble under the pressure. I wonder if the, okay. good, the good defenses may not just may not be troubled by them. Okay, I appreciate that, and uh, I'm go- I know I'm going back to early in- earlier in the season, but Panthers have also beaten the Roosters and the Storm this year. Yeah, but not since like round seven or something. Yeah. So what? What's changed? What's changed for the Panthers team? Have they well, have they gotten any worse since round seven? Not necessarily, but the other teams have gotten better. Have they though? The Storm maybe maybe great at the, maybe the- yeah, the Storm are great at the moment, but the Storm being pretty consistently good all year. Yeah, the Roosters had a slow start, but I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't necessarily like if I'm comparing player to player, I actually think I actually think the Panthers on average are better. Especially their backline. Their backline is actually ridiculous. Yeah, maybe. I, I think that the Storm have easily the most underrated pack. Maybe the storm pack running off Cam Smith, putting them in those little holes, is almost unstoppable. Yes, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. The storm pack is better, but 
as I said, I think the Panthers the Panthers easily have the best back line. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. Maybe. Anyway, it'll be interesting. Look, the top three teams. I mean, all, all like this good. like like we were talking last week about literally getting every Panthers back in your team. Because that, they're all they're all very good and they're all scoring a lot. Yeah, look, I don't disagree with that, but that was a lot of that was about draw. Sure. Like sure. if they'd been playing the Roosters and the Storm every week, I wouldn't have been saying that. Hey, yeah, just right. on draw, mm-hmm. we've been talking a lot about draw this season and about like yes. trying to pick guys that have, you know, made runs in the draw and whatnot. And yes. you mentioned a guy a few weeks ago that I kind of didn't really agree with. And he's averaged over 100 based on that run of draw in the last three right. weeks. Who's that? DCE. Yeah. His okay. three-round average is like 105. And he's got another easy game. And he's got round. another reasonably easy game. And none, yeah. neither of us got on him, right? No. Classic. Um, well, I mean, I had one opportunity to get on him and then I was kicked out anyway, so. Right, right. Yeah, anyway. Just goes to show that sometimes it does pay off. I guess one of the reasons why I was trepidatious about it was because Manly just didn't seem like they had a lot of points in them. Yep. And to be fair, they sort of didn't, but DC's mm-hmm. just been in everything that's been good for them. Yes. So you were very right about that one. The one you were yep. very wrong about last week was uh, Tommy Turbo. Oh, yeah, but like... That you got injured. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but, you know... He was still on 10 points after like 60 minutes or something. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. But no, like I, I I, can understand anyone that brought him in last week. I think it was a bit of bad luck. He kind of almost mm-hmm. broke the line half a dozen times anyway. Yep. Um, but yeah, a bit of a disaster if you brought him in last week. So apologies to anyone that did. Uh, mm. Mm. I mean, they're, they're all grown men and women. Like, we'd have to <laughs> apologize to them. Well, I blamed you on Twitter. Okay. So some someone said something like, "You guys told me to get in Tommy Turbo and captain him, yeah. and I did." And I was yeah. like, "It was Polly's fault. I told you not to." Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just stirring the toxic pot. Okay. That's right. Great. So just quickly on the ins and outs this week, have, what's your like? Do you have seventeen? You still got trades left, I guess. Yeah, I yeah, I will have seventeen because my boy Dane Laurie is like <laughs> starting fullback, starting fullback, putting the armband on straight away. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Uh, yeah, with with Haas back and Takeaho and Teddy. Uh, a couple of uh, yeah, Teddy. Um, I got Maguire back as well. Yeah, I've still, I've still got. Uh, oh wait, no, George Williams is out, isn't he? Yeah, I, I'll need to trade for a five eighth. But besides that, I'm looking pretty good. Yeah, I've got I've got Munster, SJ, Smith, Rapana, all being rested. Mm. Um, which means, uh. Which means I don't have a five eighth and I have no trades to bring money in. Yep. But it means my AE becomes uh, Zane Musgrove. Okay. The next immortal. There you go. So I th- I actually so... didn't play play uh, Tyson Gamble last week. I played Musgrove instead. Okay. Um, which saved me from from Tyson Gamble's two point score. But I get a free yeah. shot at the AE because Musgrove's not actually going to be in my seventeen. Yeah right. Oh, sorry, yeah. a free shot at the the vice captain loop. Yeah yeah. Um, yeah. So it'll it'll be sort of a very interesting week if anybody can set up their teams just right and get maybe you know that extra forward as like good forward as an AE. Um, yeah, which you can sometimes that's do. That's true. Is there anyone you like? So so Munster we talked about. Is there anyone mm-hmm. you particularly like to bring in for Munster this week based on matchups? So I know a lot of people are getting on uh, Alex Brimson with their last trade, and he's been playing really well. Yeah. I think in their last seven games, I've only played one top eight team. Yeah, right. Okay. So I'm not 
I'm not really convinced about him as an option. You know um, who we haven't talked about? Who's that? Jerome Hughes. Oh, he's rested this week anyway, so you can't get him. But wow, he's yeah, right. he's, had, he's been great. Well, it, since since we're on the on the Jerome trains, what about Jerome? I'll score a try every fucking game, Luai. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like non-stop. He could be the guy, right? He could be the guy. He could be the guy with the Bulldogs. Yeah, and again, again, like another player that a lot of teams would have started with and just held on to all season. What about Drinkwater? Yeah, so so the Broncos give up a lot of points to um, five eighths. I think that they're, they're first or second, and maybe I think I think actually those two teams that are playing each other, Broncos Cowboys, uh, give up uh, the most points to five eighths, both of them. But of course, um, you know, obviously, if you got Katoni Stags, you should be playing him this week. Um, I do. So I, yeah, well, I'm actually so annoyed that he's playing at five eighth because. I think it stunts him. Like Tony Staggs is the used to annoy me so much when they put like Latrell at five eight. Tony Staggs' yeah. best attribute is beating a guy one on one, and that's what he doesn't get to do at five eight. He's actually not yeah. a bad five eight, but it really takes away his strength. Anyway, yeah. so I think he's like I wouldn't bring in Staggs to be honest. No, no. Ah, uh, uh, look, I wouldn't bring him in. But uh, and yeah, to answer your drink water question, yeah, maybe, maybe I'd still rather like a. Oh, hang on. So DC, you can only get a halfback as well. Yeah, so you'd have to have lots of jewels to get it. Maybe yeah, you if you've got Johnson or something, you could you could work it. Yeah, but know. still, like that doesn't solve the problem of actually having a starting five eighth. No, it doesn't. Um, but yeah, Luai, Luai's my guy. Okay. Okay. Not Luke Keary. Mm, no. Against the bunnies. It's basically Cody Walker low. has been on fire, but. He's playing yeah. the Roosters. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's it's not great. Um, Benji. Probably I mean, not. he's got a hard game. Yeah, but the Eels have been piss poor lately. Okay. Uh, what about Captain Vice Captain? Dane Laurie, straight <sighs> up captain. So okay. So we just mentioned five eighth because that's the position where almost everyone who has a trade will need to use it. Mm-hmm. But another position where people might consider using a trade because of player outs will be hooker. Yep. Um, I think my favorite guy that I'd want to get in this week is Appy Corusel. Yeah, I can understand that. Uh, yeah, I think he'll have, he'll have a very strong a game. bench for the Panthers? Is there a hooker on the bench? Uh, no. No, I don't believe there is. Although, although Matt Burden's on the bench, so I don't know what that really means because mm. Tyrone May is named in the centres from memory. Um, so I don't know if Matt Burden's there. So, you know, depending on results earlier through the early through the weekend, some teams may decide to rest players, um, and if the rest more players, and if they do, then. Uh, then maybe that's what someone like Matt Burden's there for because Panthers are playing halfway through the weekend. Um, yeah. How's that going to affect them? So If one more player gets rested, I, I yeah. will not have 17 anymore. So, yeah, yeah there's well, a bit of a I risk mean, that one of, those, look, one of those Panthers halves gets rested or yeah. someone like Corius out gets a early shower and Burton comes on either a hooker or someone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, Corius has been out a fair bit the last sort of five or six weeks. So... I don't see him getting rested. Panthers have locked up the minor premiership, so you'd think that if they were gonna, they that that game shouldn't be so dependent on uh, on other results. I think that there's a chance that Burden comes in for Cleary, which if it happens, like there's nothing you can do about that. That's just how it's going to be. So, um, so yeah, this is like a decent yeah. Sorry, so we didn't actually answer the question about captains. So you said you said oh. out. Yeah, it's not bad. So, Coruscant is a good option for me. Yeah, okay. If you're looking for a hooker, I don't actually mind Harry Grant. Oh, yeah. Harry, Harry Grant's a, a very obvious option. He's been playing 80 minutes the last couple of weeks. Mm. So, um, Captaincy yeah. options, me. I've been vice-captaining Panthers backs 
and it, like it hasn't quite come off. So it keeps going yeah, right. like sixty to eighty. Yeah, and not quite yeah. enough for a vice captaincy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what my other options are this week. I probably would have captained Smith if he was playing. Mm-hmm. I captained Smith last week and it went pretty well. Probably look, it's probably what either captain or no, probably vice captain Ponga and maybe captain. Theory or Tedesco. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Pretty boring. That's fair. Yeah. Well, I can't do that actually. It would have to be clear. If I'm going to vice Captain Pong, it would have to be Cleary. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. It's not, not, not huge standout options this week. No, no. Um, so, so yeah. So, just a couple of other quick observations from the team list, just interesting little tidbits that I found. Um, oh, oh, our boy Bradman Best is back. Um, oh, yes. So he'd be in a very cheeky sort of trading if if you're good everywhere else. Although I think I think Senna is one position where people are, would be feeling pretty solid because um, there haven't been that that many outs. But no. let's say you got like a Stephen Crichton or someone like that. Uh, Stephen Crichton to Bradman Best would be pretty interesting playing playing the Titans. I said Daniel Safidi last week. I said, look at Daniel Safidi, and he scored oh, no. seventy six. Yeah, you're right. He made it. He scored. Scored that ridiculous try. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You did. You said it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> freaking Talakai continues to be a cheat code. Oh, how good is he going? He doesn't have oh, SJ yeah. to put him in holes this week, but no. But yeah, he's if you picked him up. And just had had him playing in the centers for the last sort of five or six weeks. You'd be laughing. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, obviously, Peter Hicko, who who you mentioned a few weeks ago, uh, now gets the fullback gig with RTS out. Oh, um, yes, he does. Now, does now that that, I think so. I think so. The Warriors beat Manly when they played them. What was it about six weeks ago? So the Warriors are playing uh, great. I, yeah. I would be almost tipping the Warriors to beat Manly this week. Yeah. Manly have been fair. fairly terrible. Yeah, I think that's really fair. Defense. Um, but just with that game, uh, a lot of people obviously have Jazz. He's under an HIA cloud, so that's something you may need to continue to monitor. And again, if you have sort of Jazz and Cam Smith in your hooker position, then that might be something you need to address as well. That's true. Hey, yeah. do you know who the center is who's got the best five-round five average? It's someone who hasn't. I, I'm pretty sure we haven't uttered the name from our lips this entire season. The center with the best five round average. Yeah. No, I've got nothing for you. Who is it? Campbell Graham. Get out. Really? Eighty-five point six five round average. Wow. wow. And like I said, I think... hasn't we haven't uttered his name? Yeah. No. I think that's got to just be an outlier. Like that's. No, since he's moved to centre, he's been phenomenal. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Hang on, eight tries in five games. Nine tries. Nine tries in the last six games. Yeah. So what? The Roosters been on fire. No, Campbell Graham. Sorry, Campbell Graham. Sorry, the Bunnies have been on fire. So he hasn't scored below sixty in the last six games. Yeah. Right. It's pretty good. And that that one sixty was against Melbourne. Mind you, he's yep. got the Roosters this week, so I'm not suggesting buy him. But that that uh, Bunny's backline has been sizzling hot. Mm. Like yep. a lot of people I've seen are playing Jackson Paulo in their 17. Yeah. They picked oh, yeah. up Jackson Paulo a few weeks ago and just have been playing him. Yeah. Just because that, that backline is, is absolutely monstering. Hey, yep. um, talking about backlines, the Storm backline this week looks like the dogs backline every week. You mean terrible? Yeah. Like Surely Pappenhausen just gets the ball like every play, like three times every every set of six. You would think so. He's captain this week. Is he? Yeah. Huh. There you go. Yeah. Did you get a bit? Did you get a bit? Uh, a bit shaky in the legs when uh, Zaki boy pumped out a, a cheeky ton. So that well, that really annoyed me. Hey, so so where are we? Have you calculated? So, is it close? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, no. It's not close. Uh, so what are no, the averages? I, so let's 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 
start from the beginning. So the bet was made in what round? Going into round 10. Going into round 10, okay. The bet was yes. $20 that Pappenhausen would have a higher average for the rest of the season than Zach Lomax. What have yes. their averages been since then? So if I've calculated correctly, Lomax has an average of 69.6 through 10 games. Yeah. Uh, Pappenhausen has an average of 83.8 through 7 games. Now, what that ultimately means is Lomax has scored about 100 points more than Pappenhausen over that period. Yeah, okay. Um, but because Pappenhausen has set out, um, and that, that also makes it much more difficult for Lomax to come back uh, to come back in round 20 because obviously it's just one game of 11 that, 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 that will affect his score, whereas for Pappenhausen it's, it's one game out of uh, eight. Well, so, yeah, I, I think the equation is like is, a is it... 20. Yes, and, and Lomax scores not... about 120, then he'll get in. Yeah. Roughly. Right, okay. That's probably not going to happen with Pappenhausen's dates. No. He might lose score less than 35. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so look, like, I, the bet is not dead, uh, I guess, but I, I would put my chance at about 1.5%. Uh, yeah, yeah, one in a hundred at, at best. Um, so, what are you buying me for twenty bucks? I don't know, chicken dinner. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Hey, so have there been any transfers? Uh, that has sort of happened recently that have caught your eye a little bit? Because there's one that I just saw literally half an hour ago that caught my eye. Uh, well, it's actually not a transfer. It's just someone leaving. Okay. Um, You're not going to be happy about it, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm pretty despondent these days. Just hit me with it. For some reason, Tristan Saylor has been dumped. He's gone because okay. of future immortal Corey Norman standing in his way. Surely, surely Corey Norman's getting shipped out. Like he he has to go. I don't know. Anyway, Tristan Saylor apparently is leaving. I oh, I would yeah. love it if the Tigers picked him up. We need a five eight. But you know who my first choice would be if I was for a five eight. For a five eight, if I was in the market for a five eight, and I don't know, I'm almost definitely he's not off contract, but. Well, well. Uh, so we spoke about this earlier in the week. Like, I think the first choice should actually be Benji Marshall. No, I, don't, I disagree with that. But anyway, um, okay, fine. No, the first choice should be Matt Burton. So, what have you seen out of him in like three games that you've seen him play? A lot. I don't know. Yeah. He seems to have it all. Actually, he's got. Okay. He's got. He's quick off the mark. He looks like a solid defender. He's a great goal kicker. And he actually looks like a bit of an organizer with a good kicking game too. Mm -hmm. That's what I've seen in three games. Okay. You're right. It hasn't been a huge sample size, but he's one guy that he looks like he doesn't really have an end first grade because his halves, the guys, the two guys ahead of him are playing so well. And, yep. but it looks like a real first grader. I yep. wouldn't mind giving Tristan Saylor a shot either though. Okay. Instead of, but instead of that, the, the Tigers are doing what they usually do and paying. You know, I mean, apparently the the James Tamau contract is only like three hundred and fifty thousand, which doesn't sound that bad. But how old is that guy? He's thirty one. Okay, so he's thirty five. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if I'm paying that even that that much money for a thirty two year old prop. Yeah. Be thirty two by next year. I think. Um. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather spend it elsewhere mm -hmm. and buy someone that's just sort of on the cuff of becoming an excellent player. You know who's – so, so fantasy-wise, um, the Bulldogs picked up Corey Waddell. Yep. Now, I don't know if – like, they've obviously got a lot of back rowers and have had for a long time, but uh, mm -hmm. Corey Waddell just seems like an absolute gun to me. He seems like 
a first grade, you know, a starting first grader that is just had very good players ahead of him. Um, so he could really? be very good for the Bulldogs. Yeah, I think he's a real good. I never got the impression that he was much of an athlete. I, I had him in my team last year, actually. I haven't seen much of him this year. But, uh, okay, I sure. No, I'll, I'll I take really your like word him. on that. I really like Corey Waddell as a player. Okay. The other guy All that right. just suddenly, like, gone from being this big, slow, nothing ogre into an absolute devastating beast is Taniela Paseca. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he was always, yeah. No, he he's was always massive. He was completely he was... ineffectual and massive. Yeah, sure. And okay. now he's like he looks like one of the best props in the comp. He uh-huh. still can't really move laterally, so he's a bit of a liability in defence. But in yeah. in attack, he looks incredible, like unstoppable almost. Yeah. Again, like I'm sure he's not off contract, but he's the sort of guy I'd be like throwing money at. Right. Okay. Um. So okay, so what do you think about Tino at the Titans next year? Oh, Tino looks like an absolute superstar. Yeah, but do you reckon he's got much upside? No, he's Going from the Storm to the Titans? Such a good season, and he's had Cameron Smith putting him through those little holes that, yeah, from a fantasy right. perspective, probably not. Yeah, right. No, but great, you know, great buy for football-wise. Okay. You know who has, uh, who has really impressed me in the three or four games that I've watched him play and might have a path to some game time next year. Uh, Jordan Ricky at the Broncos. Oh, yeah. He looks quite good, doesn't he? He does look and good. there's a spot there with David Vita leading. That's right. Um, and yeah, he's got kind of got the right build. He's got good sort of speed. Yeah, I really like him. I really like him. Uh, I feel like he's got he's got maybe a bit too much mongrel in him. He might get, might get himself uh, suspended a, a little bit too much, but uh, yeah, really like what I see there. One guy, it'll be interesting to see what he's priced at next year because he looks like he's going to get three games and in those three games he's probably going to score quite well. Yes. Um, and I, I kind of hate to say it based on his history, but one guy who's really impressed me on, on return is Jaden Ockenball. Yeah. He looks like he was only like 20 or something when he kind of hit the stage last year. Yeah. And he's just gotten bigger and he's... Yeah, he's, he's kind of a Daniel Tupo type of guy, right? Mm. Look, he looks mm. quite damaging out there now. Yeah, he does. And he's a real he target does. for the eyeball. Yeah. If he's at a discount because he only played three games, mind you, yep. his average is going to be so high that maybe even with a discount you wouldn't get him. But uh-huh. um, he just looks like he could be primed to have a very good fantasy season. So do you reckon... Uh... Do you reckon you and Aitken will get a starting spot next year at the Warriors? Surely. Yes. Mm. Yes. Okay. Who have they got okay. ahead of him? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I think he would as well. Hiku, right? I guess so. Anyone else that jumps out at you? I'll, I'll be interested to see... What uh, Jai Arrow's role is at uh, uh, at the Rebels? I'm starting to think that Jai Arrow is a myth. Yeah, his offload has disappeared. He's, it, he's yes, and I think that's because he's had constant injuries and he's no longer kind of half breaking the line or making a decent line. He's much slower. He's definitely he's, much slower. Like he doesn't interest me at all, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, the other guy you were right about last week, just quietly, was Joey Manu. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. sorry, different topic. But I, feel, I, I, yeah, I feel that was pretty obvious, but yeah. Sure. But, but yeah. Mm. You know who's really been very impressive for the Titans is Sam Stone. Yeah, yeah, he's been pretty good. He's is he staying there? Oh, as far as I know, but he'll okay. probably struggle to get a starting spot maybe next year. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he's, he's actually he's off contract. Is he? So okay. he might go somewhere else. 
If you go somewhere else, I'd be interested because he looks like he's sort of underrated. Yeah. The tag of most underrated player really annoys me. You know why? Why? Because every year the same guys get nominated for being underrated. Surely if someone's been underrated, like most underrated player of the year, that by definition now makes them rated and they can't be underrated ever again. Like Mitch Orbison cannot be the most underrated player six six years in a row. Once you give him that uh, moniker, then he's no longer underrated. But but maybe he is. Like maybe, like you know, when you're playing on a team with that much talent, and you just can't, you know, you can't get eighty minutes where you'd probably get eighty minutes in any other team. Maybe you're underrated because you're only you're only like you're only just sort of flashing. You can't really can't really show your your true skills in like twenty minutes a game. I don't know. I think like. The guys that aren't winning those awards every year should be considered the most underrated. I reckon Mitch Orbison would make a really good crepe. <laughs> I, I just can I can imagine him making crepes. I feel like he'd be really good at making crepes. <laughs> okay. Alright. Sure. Absolutely. The other guy that would interest me potentially if I was the Tigers is Cade Cust. Yes. Yes, I'm a big fan of Cade Cust, but I know he has been re-signed by, uh, by Manly. But yeah, okay. he is... So, so when, you, when you mentioned Matt Burden, in my mind, I was like, I've kind of seen more out of Cade Cust, and I think I'd probably take Cade Cust over Matt Burden. The only reason why I say Matt Burton is because, well, for the... It's specifically for the Tigers. So, right. so Kate Cust is more of a ball running half. Yes. Um, which Luke Brooks also is, whereas uh-huh. Burton seems to be more of an organizer. And also, the Tigers haven't had a decent goal kicker for about a thousand years. Yes. Um, but I like both of them. I think they're both very good players. Oh, okay. So, the most underrated player, I don't know if he's underrated anymore, but Jamin Jolie. No, not Jamin Jolie. His mate, the captain. What's his name? The half little halfback. Jamin Jolie. Not Jamin Jolie. Oh, uh, oh, um. Jamal Jamal Fogarty. Jamal Fogarty. Yeah. He yeah. he has been incredible since he came into that team. Yeah. He's. Yes. He he's has really been good. So good. Yeah. He he's he's. Propping up Ash Taylor as well. Oh, Ash Taylor looks so much better with him there because he's got absolutely yeah. no pressure on him. Yeah. Uh, Ash Taylor just absolutely crumbles under pressure, much like yep. Mitch Pearce. Yeah. Mitch, both Mitch Pearce and Ash Taylor, if they're under uh-huh. any time pressure at all with the ball, they make a horrible decision. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's like me standing outside the the ice cream truck. <laughs> Why are you under time pressure outside the out, the ice cream truck? Is the ice cream going like, to melt? No, because it's like three eight year olds behind me, like fucking waiting for their <laughs> ice creams. And I'm sitting there trying to decide whether I want the nuts on on my cone or not. Uh, fair enough. You know, apparently, um, Albert Hoppawati's dad, the very famous Hoppawati, told told son Albert that he's playing like absolute shit. Right. Well, <laughs> like publicly. Well, okay. He's like he's he's playing like absolute crap. He was he was the one who was jumping up and down when like Albert wasn't getting an opportunity at Manly. Yeah, apparently he publicly said that he's absolutely shit.
Um, you know who I like the look of? Actually, you know who you know who I really like the look of. What's his name? Isaac uh, Lume Lume or what, whatever his name is, something like that. Um, I'm sorry if I mispronounced it. The Storm Winger. Yeah, the Storm yeah, Winger that's going to replace Funavalu. The, the, the Raiders guy looks like he could, could be good too. Bellamy. Uh Yeah, I think he's he's sketching the high ball, but yeah, sure. Hey, you know the Storm have Ricky Latelli playing for them this week? Yeah, yeah, they brought him back. Brought him back from where? From, I uh, thought Ricky Latelli was like six foot under. <laughs> no, he was in England. Okay. He was in England. Oh, you know who's another guy who flies under the radar? Who? Uh, Murata Nakore. Okay. Why do you say that? Because he's just not getting game time in a stack deals pack, but he's a gun. Yeah. Yeah, he's not bad. Yeah, he's not bad. That's true. Oh, you know, you know who is actually fucking perennially underrated. Who is actually a great player? So, so like, like this is like the poor man's jazz. Penny Terrapo. Penny Terrapo has been great for like eight years. Every time he gets oh, minutes. Don't know about Penny Terrapo. Not a big Penny Terrapo fan, to be honest. Did he burn you? Did he hurt you? No, I just, I just don't see it. All right. Just don't see it. Sorry, sorry. Sure. Sure. He's had he had a couple of pretty good like super coach seasons though, didn't he? Like, yeah, he did. Kind of one of those like mid season dudes that you bring in and like scored really well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I just put a big pin in that balloon for you, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> just, What's new? Just flat out disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Uh, whatever. <laughs> oh dear. Sorry. Um, hey, just on the just on uh, the topic of me being an absolute cock, um, mm. can I just bring up the thing that stands out amongst all the things we said this year uh, as being probably the most wrong? What do you think it is? Oh, I'm, it like for me, it's clear. It's me saying the Cowboys would be good at the beginning of the year. That's that's what I was going to bring up. Oh, absolutely. They no, are literally, I'll, I'll own that. Like, even though the Broncos are going to get the spoon, I think. Yes. I think potentially. I mean, the Broncos have been truly awful, but the Cowboys have been just as bad. Mm. Um, yeah. And you were, like, really talking them up as being being good this year. And to be fair, like, the first couple of games, I was like, yeah, this, they've got a bit of potential here. That You know, they've got Val and Drinkwater looks sharp and, you know, their forward pack on paper looks all right. And they have just stunk it up. So it's hard I to think, know what's like the problem there, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so my claim was made based on a few premises. The the most important one, uh, which was they had the biggest uh, benefit or the biggest positive regression. Positive regression is such a weird term, isn't it? I don't even know what you mean by it. Like regression in the positive. So, for example, isn't the word progression? No, it's not. <laughs> it's positive regression. So let let's say so let's say like you're like okay, I want to get this center in my team next year because he plays on a good team, and last year for some reason he scored one try, aka or uh, now two or three tries, aka Blake Ferguson. So Blake Ferguson is a positive regression candidate next year because you would expect him to score more than like two or three tries that he scored this year. I still right. think that that's a progression candidate, but anyway. If if you say if you say he's a candidate for progression, people are going to look at you and say like, "What do you mean? That doesn't make sense." Well, positive regression does. It just anyway. You think he's going to have a better season? Fine. Anyway, so I thought the Cowboys were a positive regression candidate because they had one of the hardest schedules last year, and they were given one of the easiest schedules this year. Now that changed. Um, after from when, from the resumption when the schedule was changed, at the same time they lost their main playmaker um, at the beginning of the season, um, and they lost Val Holmes a couple of weeks later. Now, yes, um, 
yes, neither of those guys have played particularly well when they've been back. Um, but I thought they were putting together the final pieces and they had a great, they just had a great spine. They'd bought, um, what's his face from the dragons, um, who I knew, like having watched him with the dragons was definitely a gun. Um, they had, yeah, Reese Robson, their halves were sorted and they got a legitimate fullback. They were pretty stacked at virtually every position, um, except for maybe the wings. Oh, and they got in Eastern Masters as well. Like, they just seemed like a team that that had just filled every gap that they had previously and had just a sort of easy, easy sort of run uh, for 2020. Now, oh yeah, I was clearly wrong about, about that, um, but there were some mitigating circumstances, but still, wrong is wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, look, you know, some of what you said is fair. Like their draw did get did get harder and, and obviously losing Morgan and, and Val for big parts of the season were problematic, but there's something not right there. Like there's still the amount of talent they have on the park, they're still way underperforming. Similar to the Broncos, to be honest. Like when you look at the Broncos team on paper, it looks a lot better than what they what they're putting out. Mm. Um Yep. And I mean, in the Broncos' case, it seems like they've they've gone all in on their they're like gun-looking youth, kind of flashy youth-looking players, and they've mm-hmm. let all their um, their experienced guys go, except for the really shit ones like like Boyd. Um, yeah, and and that's hurt them. They haven't had enough kind of you know mix of uh, youth and experience. But mm-hmm. I, with the Cowboys, I just can't put my finger on it really. And that's a bit of a worry. Like the the you know teams like the Bulldogs, for example, you can just tell they have a shit roster. Um, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I agree with you. But again, f- almost for the same reason, I think the Cowboys are a positive regression candidate next year as well. Heard of here first. <laughs> like they've got, they've got what might actually be a good coach going there next year. Um, now, that's true. Not that's sh- true. But I mean, again, small sample size for for Todd Payton, but. He certainly very small size. that team in a very short period of time. Yes, and that just might be the sort of, you know, Hollywood sort of, you know, feel-good story around the around the Warriors and, and maybe the, the Shane comes off very quickly um, once he moves to North Queensland. But I don't know. Like, they, they never seemed – they never seemed like a team that had a good uh, a good attacking plan. Um but it's their defence this year that's been really the problem. Yeah, the that's been fair. bad as well, but the defence has been shocking. They're just not making the tackles. Yeah. And it's hard yeah, to, I... to understand why that is. Yeah. I think what we do sometimes between season to season is we look at a team and we go, oh, yeah, they've bought three or four players, so they should have like a much better season, and this team has lost three or four players, so they should have a much worse season. Uh-huh. And we don't give enough uh, credence, I suppose, to the, the status quo, which is... They were a bad team, or they were a good team, and you know, eighty or ninety percent of that team is still there, and mm-hmm. therefore they probably won't change that much. Yeah, like every year with the storm or whatever, they lose one or two players, and we're like, oh, they won't make the top eight this year. But we forget that, like, actually, ninety-five percent of the players are still there, the cultures are still there, the coach is still there, you know, the the support staff is still there, everything is that in place to make that team a good team is still there. Yep. Whereas, like, the Tigers or someone like that is it's the opposite is the case, right? Like, almost no matter who goes there, they're going to be shit because all the structures around them are just terrible. Yep. Yep. That's fair. That's fair. Um, anyway, mm. so I think that's a trap we can get into sometimes. Mm. Yep. yep. All right. Well, is it time to wrap it up? What was my biggest yeah. mistake of the year now that I've thrown it on you? I don't know, maybe eating those bachi last week. I'm not too sure. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, you're you're a very sophisticated supercoach player, so I feel like you haven't really made any massive mistakes. If I have to pick, if I have to pick at anything, I would say your, um, 
your reliance on the Roosters, basically. Buying into Brett Morris and Luke Keery, probably were the, the, the two most negatively effective moves that you made. Um, just doubling just down to, on those words. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 absolutely. Just <laughs> double negatives. Um, well, not no, even but, like um, negative positives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, still Lomax, think Roosters, Yeah, I think that's probably yeah. right. Doubling down on the Roosters at the wrong time. Selling Lomax was fucking Hmm. Yeah. And and we talked at nauseam last week about not getting nowhere. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I think that about wraps it up. I'm just clawing to the top five thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm about four thousand seven hundred, so I need to have a half decent week to stay within the top five thousand. I feel like if I drop outside the top five thousand it will be a hard fail for me this year. Mm-hmm. Um what about you? Do you have any uh, goals going into the last week of the season? No, I can't. I can't win any money in my head-to-head league, and obviously, I'm coming. You know, in the twenty thousandses. So, can you crack the top twenty thousand with a good score? Probably. Mm, I doubt it. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. We'll okay. see. Um, but yeah, look, on to next year. On to next year. I feel like. You know, I, I, I feel like we're a couple of uh, couple of old fogies kind of been in prison for like 40 years and, you know, maybe we're on death row and it's like, kind of like, oh, what are you going to do when you get out? Oh, I'm going to do this. <laughs> it's kind of like Shawshank Redemption. Well, that's, that's pretty much the truth for me, right? I've been locked up in Canberra over the, over the league season, COVID and whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, league season's going to end next week and I'm going to go to the beach and build a boat with my bare hands. Is that what he does at the end of Shawshank? Uh, I think he just restores one, but sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to do over summer. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, I'm, yeah, all, I think, I'm obviously uh, Tim Robbins and you're, you're uh, Morgan Freeman. Why? I don't know, because I want to build a boat. Uh, um, you're not Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins is like six foot five, <laughs> and you're not. Well, you're not six foot five either. Well, I'm taller than you. <laughs> um, okay, so I think yeah, if uh, anyone who's on Twitter or whatever wants to reach out to us for anything at all, um, feel free. And yeah, please do. Thank you again. Yeah, and and thank you again for for listening. And you know, if you guys wanted. To, want us to do this next year and whatever um tell us uh, how you'd like us to make it better for you um or tell us where we suck or tell us to go get fucked or whatever but um but yeah yeah, just 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 talk to us because we need we need a little bit more sort of human interaction than just with each other (laughs) it's interesting yeah uh well thanks for everyone this year for listening uh we've had a good time uh, I think that probably goes two ways, Polly. We probably haven't engaged on the socials as much as we could have. Um, I guess. I guess so. So maybe we can. Maybe that's one thing we can do better at next year. Um, yep. But yeah, again, thanks for everything uh, to you as well, and uh, you do all the hard work editing this uh, monstrosity every week. Our, our rambling. So thank you, Polly, and thanks to everyone for listening. And I will try and help you out a bit more with that next year. Yeah, if if anyone wants to, wants to pick their favorite, because obviously every week we have different sort of little music jingles and intros and stuff like that. If anyone wants to let me know what their favorite was, uh, I will uh, show some sort of appreciation. But but yeah, I actually enjoyed a lot of the editing this year. So, so. hey, I've got one for anyone listening out there. Yeah, do you like Polly's like different jingle every week? I know he likes making them, so that's one thing. Yeah. Or, or would you prefer that we had like one theme song, you know, yeah. like the same theme song every week to, you know, remind you of what you're listening to? I'm interested in any feedback on that. Yeah. Yeah, me too, actually. Me too. It'll give me, because I, I never had time during the season to actually sit down and, and put together a theme song. But over the off season, if people want that, then maybe that's something I can work on. All right. All right. All right well, thank you, Costa. Good luck as always. Um, And yeah, and adios. Adios.
Yeah.